Hey, if you have a Bible, grab it. Um, if you have a device, you probably already have that in your hand. Um, and you can turn to Psalm 51. If you're on a device, you can go with the ESV version. You can stay connected with us there. Psalm 51. Uh, normally, when we come into the new year, I think we've done this the last few years, we've done a short series on prayer primarily uh, through the month of January. And we're not going to do that this year because we're going to just leap right back into the Gospel of John. We took a break in December for Advent. We're going to jump right back into John next week. And that's going to carry us all the way through the year until uh, Advent 2023. So, um, so that's what we're doing this morning. Um, and uh, we're going we're gonna to start in Psalm 51, um, and we're going to just look at a really interesting psalm written by David where he was coming out of just a, a horrible moment in his life where his sin had been exposed. And we're going to take really just a, a look at the interesting way in which he approaches the Lord and addresses uh, the problem. And so that's what we're going to do, just taking a couple of short verses from Psalm uh, 51 this morning. We would, um, when I was growing up, we would, uh, my family liked to camp in the desert. And so we'd drive out to the desert, we had dirt bikes, and we would, we'd camp out there for a few days. And by the time we got home, you know, we were so filthy. Um, it was, we were just swimming in dust. We were loathsome creatures, right? Um, and so when you would get home from those trips with all the dust and all the grime, and you're riding, and you're sweating, and you're sleeping, and you're eating good but horrible food, and you know all that kind of stuff. We would get home, and just the feeling of a hot shower, putting on some clean clothes, eating something real, uh, it was just incredible. And it was something we looked forward to. But what we were really doing um, in that moment, when we, when we came home, and we were looking to get cleaned up, is we were just addressing a problem, right? Um, which was hunger and filth, right? Um, when we make a New Year's resolution, what we're really doing is we are putting something out there in order to address what we see as a problem in our life, right? Like we want to clean some things up and it's all over the map. You know, sometimes we, we relegate a New Year's resolution to I just want to get in shape that's kind of the main one, you know, but they're, but they're all over the map, right? For some of us, it, it might be that I, I want to make more of an effort in some things. I want to make more of an effort in my friendships. I've, I've, you know, I'm not as intentional. I'm not as reliable. I'm not as faithful. Or it might be I want to do a, a, just a better job of spending and saving uh, money, uh, it might be I want to open up a little bit more with my spouse. I, I feel really pulled in due to all kinds of things, life and events and, you know, relationship complexities. It might be that I just, again, like we talked about a second ago, I, I want to eat healthier. Or I just, I want to be more accepting of the body that God has given me, right? Or maybe it's I just, I want to read the Bible more consistently. It's, it's so choppy. Um, I want to pray more regularly. It it's just doesn't have a good structure and flow in my life. And I know that's good for me, but I have a hard time engaging. It might be something else. Like I, I want to find deliverance from something, right? So sometimes it's like I want to apply some, some new, uh, new uh, some intentionality in some areas of growth. It might be that I, I, I want to find deliverance from maybe a particular sin. I, I have a problem with pornography or lust, and I, I would like to find deliverance 
from that. I have a problem with greed. I'm obsessed with money. Uh, I think about it constantly. It, it just captures my mind and my heart and my imagination. Um, it could be that man, I'm not a very good neighbor. You know, I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm, it's like my home is the Shire and everything, you know, beyond the, the four walls of my house, I, I, I don't let anybody in and I don't go out, right? And I, I want to love my neighbor a little bit better. Or maybe it's that you feel like I'm not a very, I'm not a very kind or forgiving person. I, I want that to be something that I repent of and that the Lord gives me some grace in. Or maybe it's you struggle with, I, I feel like I'm kind of stingy. I lack generosity in my life. Or maybe it's something that maybe you feel like goes really deep into those unspoken about places. Like I'm, I cheat or I lie or I'm just a generally a selfish person. I, I want to open myself up to the possibilities that God can do something with some of these sin areas in my life and find some relief in it. So whatever it is, you are addressing a problem and you're working toward a solution, which is where a resolution, right, comes in. Now, King David here in Psalm 51, he was addressing a problem when he wrote this psalm. He felt dirty. He felt unclean. He felt in just desperate, desperate need of God's mercy. He had done some things. He had abused his power. He had taken advantage of another man's wife and then had the man, Uriah, murdered after he found out that the woman, Bathsheba, was pregnant. So the prophet Nathan finds out about this. And when the prophet Nathan learned what happened, he approaches David and exposes David's sin. And by God's grace, David acknowledges his sin. He repents of his sin. And he goes really living out the rest of his life with some of the consequences that his sin had, that sin had brought to his family. And it lasted for, for years and years. What I want to focus on this morning is how David addressed his problem. After he confesses the horrible weight of his sin before the Lord, he prays these really these very melancholy, but at the same time, really hopeful words in Psalm 50, verses 10 through 12. I'm going to read those right now. I'm sorry, Psalm 51. And it says this, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Five important words come pouring from David's lips that we're going to unpack here briefly this morning, and it's these five words. Create, renew, cast, restore, and uphold. So let's, let's begin with the first word here, which is create. David says, create in me a clean heart, O God. Only God, David is acknowledging, had the power to create a clean heart in David. In the same way that God creates, in the same way that God created the world by the power of his word, God would need to declare David's heart clean once again. David needed God to do what only God can do, which is cleanse his heart from sin, remove the filth, 
remove the stain. And again, it's interesting to think that David could have made all kinds of resolutions in this psalm to try and repair what he broke. But without a heart that had been cleansed from the corruption of his sin, he would, he would just be adding Band-Aids, in a sense, on the, on the cancer, which would have been his unconfessed sin, his unconfessed guilt, his unconfessed shame. And what's so interesting about that is that we do the same thing if we don't begin where David begins before God, which is coming clean before God so that God will clean the thing that needs cleansing in us, right? So David pleads with God here. After going through verses one through nine where he's saying, telling everybody and expressing how he feels and the effect that this sin has had on his life, he gets to this point in verse 10 where he says, create in me a clean heart. Create something new in me, Lord, from this confession that I'm just, I'm dropping. The second word we see is the word renew. David needed his desires reordered and redirected back to God. He needed things reordered. He needed redirection. It's kind of like when, you're, when your car needs realignment, Right? You can get the engine all tuned up and it runs great, but if it's out of line, it doesn't really feel like it's running great, even if everything else is running great, right? David needed realignment. David is saying, give me a new desire to pursue the right things. Have you ever prayed that prayer? Lord, just give me a new desire to pursue the things that I know lead to righteousness. Give me a hunger for your righteousness again so that I don't gratify the desires of the flesh. I don't keep going back and snapping back to the same things that are really troubling and besetting areas in my life. In Colossians 3, uh, the Apostle Paul, he, he instructed the church to not lie to one another, he says, seeing that you have, check this out, put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So Paul is driving at the same thing here that David is driving at. To pray for a renewed spirit is also a prayer to be reminded of who you are in Christ. I get it, I have the spirit of God in me, but I still have this flesh that's battling against my spirit. So one of my prayers has to be that God continues to renew my spirit so that it's not gratifying the desires of the flesh, so that the, like the desires of the spirit are overpowering the desires of the flesh. And that's a good prayer. That's a really good prayer going into 2023 or, or any season of your life. So David says, create in me a clean heart. He says, renew a right spirit with me. The third word is cast in verse 11, cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Now, David remembers something here. He remembers that the spirit of anointing given to him as a king, well, this is something that had been taken away from the previous king, a, a guy named Saul, for his disobedience. So David here, he's pleading with God to give him a second chance 
David understood that he needed the Lord's presence in his life if he had any chance of continuing to rule his people after, um, as a man after God's own heart once again. Because it had been a while. And he had been sort of languishing in this sin for a long time, right? What's interesting is that God didn't, God didn't remove David from the throne. He didn't cast David away. But the point is not whether David kept his kingship or not. That's not the point. It was how he would keep himself before his king, the greater king. That's the bigger picture here, right? Sometimes we lose things. Sometimes we lose things. And maybe you look back at things that you've lost in the fire of 2022. They may be things that were taken from you unjustly. They may be things you lost due to some costly errors on your part. They might be some things that God graciously has removed from your life that you just don't have clarity on why he did that just yet. There might be things that you need to let go of. And by removing those things, he forced them out of your hand as a way to show you grace. And you might need some help processing those things because it's hard to let go of things that we have a tight grip on until we realize that we're not holding anything. Those things are holding us. And there could be some of those things in your life that God has said, nope, you keep snapping back and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, keep, I'm gonna keep taking them away. And some of us need to have some conversations about that. Some of us need to contact our pastor, whoever he might be. Some of us might need some therapy. Those are all good things. Some of us might need to express what's been going on in our hearts, right? What's most important as we reflect on these things is to see that God doesn't do anything to push you away but to only ever pull us in closer. So when we pray, like David did, when we pray, cast me not away, take not your Holy Spirit from me, the answer from God will always be never. Never gonna happen. This is the one to whom I look, he who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. We read that in Isaiah 66. Look what it says in, in verse 16 and 17 of Psalm 51. If we get further, further down, David says, For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. If that's all it took, if all it took for me, and back then it would have been him getting an animal and sacrificing the animal for God to be pleased with him, like if that's all it took, that was simple. I would do that, right? Because it's something I can muster up, I can kill that animal. I can throw that thing on the altar. I can sacrifice it. But he says, you will not be pleased with a burnt offering. You will not be pleased with my resolution, is what God is trying to say. There's something bigger going on here. Verse 17, he says, the sacrifices of God are what? A broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, that's what you won't despise. That's what you draw near to. That's what you pull me in 
out of. When that becomes characteristic of my prayer and my confession to you. We get into the fourth word here, which is restore. Restore unto me, in verse 12, the joy of your salvation. David recognizes that a spiritual dullness had set in his heart and soul, which led to the moral decay that he experienced. It's a sobering thing to think that when our joy in the Lord begins to lose its potency, we are capable of astounding sins. Really? I mean, who on earth would have thought that, I mean, David of all people would have been capable of this level of wickedness against Bathsheba and her husband, Uriah? Who would have thought that David, of all people, could have gone down that road? It's astounding. David prays for restoration of joy to return to his dried up soul. I wonder if that describes you in some ways today. And I think, I think joy is a difficult thing. I think it's a difficult thing for us to understand. It's a difficult thing for Christians uh, to grasp at times because we tend to equate it with a feeling of, of uh, energy or exuberance, like when you receive some good news and you're like, yes, I've been waiting for that, or your, your team wins the championship, or you accomplish a goal you've been working towards, or maybe you're just in a great season of life where everything seems to be clicking. And, and by the way, joy is contained in those moments for sure. Uh, so we don't want to minimize that because those are moments gifted to us by God, right? But there's a deeper joy that transcends those individual pockets of joy that tend to be circumstantial. And, and that's this, what David is driving at here, this eternal joy that comes from knowing and remembering where our salvation comes from. This is the deeper joy that exists when all the other joys are either non-existent or they just begin to lose their luster in our lives. We would, uh, back in the day, I, so I've been a musician for a long time, and uh, back in the day, we did a lot of uh, touring around the country and sometimes other places in the, in the world. Um, and at times, I mean, those experiences we had doing it for as long as we did it, close to 20 years, uh, they're all over the map, right? Um, especially when we were first getting started. Bad shows, bad hotels. All the cliches are true, right? Your van is breaking down. You're getting speeding tickets in towns you've never heard of. And they're charging you a lot of money, right? Um, you lose your merchandise. Uh, you get things stolen. Your equipment breaks. Uh, people are angry. They pay to come to your shows, and then they're somehow mad at you um, when you don't play the way they want you to play. Um, we could sit here for a while with a lot of fun stories, but that's not what I'm here to do. Um, but you would keep going, and you could keep going because you remembered that the road wasn't your home. You had a home, you had a family waiting for you that went much deeper than all the experiences 
that you endured on the road. We would remind each of my crew, we would remind each other of that on particularly bad road trips, which there just tended to be more of those than the good ones for some reason. You will be reminded of that when you pray to the Lord to restore your heart and soul back to the deeper joy of your salvation, which is not only just a feeling, but it's a person. It's Jesus himself. We have the benefit, we have a benefit that David didn't enjoy. When we think of the joy of our salvation, we can picture Christ. We have the words of the New Testament that are now written in stone. I mean, that is something we get to look back on and go, Jesus did this for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. We have the joy just encompassed in the person of Jesus Christ to look at, to give us that deeper sense of restoration. Do you realize that if you are covered by the blood of Jesus, you are already covered going into 2023 no matter what happens? It doesn't mean that significant things aren't on the horizon. It means there's a, a greater horizon beyond the one you can see that Jesus is walking with you toward. Pray that the Lord would restore your eyes to see this and restore your heart to receive this with joy. That's what David was driving at here. And the fifth word is uphold. He says, uphold me with a willing spirit after you've restored to me the joy of my salvation. David knows, listen, that he can't maintain or manage or hold his life together on his own. What a great thing to come to. It feels scary at first until you realize just how hard it is to continue to manage your life. A life that you can't manage, right? David needs the Lord to uphold him with a willing spirit, with a willing spirit, knowing that the Lord isn't just begrudgingly going, all right, I gotcha, come on. No, 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 the Lord willingly moves towards David. The Lord is restoring his life to a place of joy and willingly, eagerly, with joy, restoring his joy and upholding him within the joy. It's phenomenal. So I, a few years ago, because I'm stupid, um, I, I subscribed to this online magazine called Simplify Magazine. And um, so when I woke up this morning, Happy New Year, they offered me this bundle of articles and podcasts for how to declutter my life. Normally, it would cost me thousands of dollars they were offering me a deal for $49 this morning. Um, so this was, hey, how do you declutter? How do you go more minimal? How do you form new habits? How do you do better with your money, your health? They are addressing a problem that they are hoping I have, right? That's what's going on. And by the way, some of it, most of it's right. Some of it's probably really helpful. So again, it's not to just slam those kinds of things because that's ridiculous. But it does not get at the deeper need, which is that I need to let go of the grip that some of even those things have on me. And I need to be upheld by something that won't fade by the end of the year. 
I love what David's prayer to be upheld says about the Lord's compassion and the Lord's kindness to us. David prayed this to God, knowing that it was in his very character to be willing to uphold and to preserve him. Again, to know that the Lord doesn't just begrudgingly keep us afloat, but that he desires to uphold us willingly is so significant in our lives. It means that when we come to him with humble hearts, he never rejects us. And we get such proof of that in David's story. We get proof of that. We also get it from the mouth of Jesus himself. And let's turn to John 6, verse 35. Look at what Jesus says himself here. John 6, verse 35 Jesus declares this about himself. He said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. To understand the willingness of God to draw near to you, to give you his Son, to sacrifice for you, to save you, to sanctify you and not just leave you after that moment to just work it out on your own, but to uphold you, to keep you within the joy that all of that contains so that you grow more like the son that he sent to save and sanctify you. It's a phenomenal thing that David was praying for that we now can see with much more clarity of because of Christ. Here's how I want to close. Here's what's interesting. Nowhere in this psalm do we see David asking God to take away his problem of lust, right? Or to help him stop abusing his power and harming women. By the way, we wouldn't see that as a bad prayer if he did that. But is that going deep enough? David didn't come up with a resolution to do better and pray that God would empower him to do it. Sometimes that can be a good prayer, right? So for clarity's sake. But David needed something deeper. He needed his heart to be reordered before the Lord so that new habits would form that would help guard his heart against becoming dull to the deeper joy he had in the Lord. He needed grace, he needed to be cleansed from the, just, the, the, just the, the sinful dirt that was harming his spirit. And you know what? He got it. David got what he asked for. And as you look ahead at 2023, what if your resolution was more in line with what David prayed? What if, what if it was to reconnect with your creator and to ask him to create, renew, cast, restore, and uphold your spirit today. 
Maybe the Lord would surface that deeper joy that's been buried underneath a mountain of worries and troubles and sorrows and wounds and unconfessed sin. Maybe the Lord is trying to bring you to a place where you're able to let go of those things that you are holding on so tight to because you're afraid by relinquishing them, that's somehow going to take you steps back from the joy that you are so hungry and thirsty to experience, but it's the very thing that's keeping you in its clutch. What if that's what's going on for you? And by the way, this invitation is for everyone. Maybe you look around and you think, gosh, I sit in this congregation. I know you guys are in a warehouse, but the people, some of you guys look like you have more money than me. You look more educated. You dress better. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Everybody looks more normal, more well-adjusted. You think, I'm just, I'm nobody. Who am I? I'm nobody. The invitation is for you. The invitation is for all. What does David possess here that we so often lack? Nothing but a heart that had been burst open by brokenness that led to this unrestrained confession to have reordered desires. Sometimes we think we're being like honest before the Lord. And it turns out we're just being polite. What is it in your life today that needs to be reordered that you can bring before the Lord, by the way, who's going to be slow with you, who's going to be patient with you, who's going to create something in you, who's going to renew something in you, who is not going to cast you away, who's going to restore you, and you can be assured is going to uphold you. He proved it with David. Jesus proved it on the cross. What is available to you that can be something that will last for you at this time in 2024? It's the restoration of Jesus Christ who brings us in who cares for us, who sustains us, who loves you all so much. We're going to be talking about this the rest of the year as we go through the book of John. And I want to take a minute now to pray through this and let this be a moment where it can begin a conversation between you and the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for these words that you inspired David to write, a man that had done things that um, it's hard for us to have words for what he did. And somehow this is a man that has the reputation throughout history and in the church as being a man after God's own heart. And so, Lord, help us to see what it is here in David and how he approached you and what his pleadings were to you. And let those become the things that we plead 
that we plead to you for. Lord, you know what is going on in all of our hearts. You know the dark places. You know the wickedness that lies. You know the woundedness that is there because of the harm that people have done to us. Lord, it's all contained in your mind. Lord, and you treat us kindly uh, in spite of all of it. You're not pushing us away. You're not casting us away. I pray that as we go into this new year, we would remember that. Lord, that we would make this our prayer. um, That you would create a clean heart in us. That you would renew a right spirit within us. That you would not take your Holy Spirit from us or cast us from your presence, but you would instead restore the joy of your salvation. Because of Jesus, we have everything we need. And although we live in a world where we still experience things that test our faith, Lord, we know that you are upholding us because you are willingly, you willingly came to the earth to live in our place, to die in our place. And now, Lord, you have ascended. You are at the right hand of the Father. You are praying for us. You are interceding for us. Our prayers don't just get caught in the ether and dissolve into space, Lord, but they are taken from us to the Father. Lord, you hear us. I pray that that can be a great encouragement to us as we get honest with you today. And Lord, for those of us like Scott prayed earlier, it's hard to come before you and to be honest about those things. We feel naked, we feel ashamed. And Lord, so that's a process for some of us that I I pray that you would begin in us today. And Lord, we have confidence as we are even praying this right now that even in that process, you are going to continue to work. You're gonna continue to reveal yourself to us through our church family. And you are gonna continue to increase and strengthen our faith. So Lord, I pray for this church this year that that's what you would do. You would increase our love for you. You would strengthen our faith. You would increase our love for our neighbors and our church family. And Lord, that you would bring restoration to our hearts where it is so needed. And Lord, I pray that we can begin that by coming before you honestly today. Lord, let us walk away encouraged. Um with a good sense of sobriety. Lord, let us encourage one another and build one another up if somebody's in a place where this is a particularly hard message to hear and it surfaces a lot of difficult things and a lot of pain. Lord, you are near to us as we begin this year. Let us remember the ways in which we've been sustained in 2022 and the ways that you're gonna sustain us as we as we enter 23. Lord, you are good. Your steadfast love endures forever. We thank you for that in Christ's name. Amen.